Welcome to the Vision for the Valley podcast. I am your host, Joseph Velarde. In this podcast, we will discover the gym that is the Lehigh Valley and learn from people from all walks of life. Hey, welcome to another episode of Vision for the Valley, and I'm your host, Joe Velarde. I'm excited to have a longtime friend and mentor of mine, Russ Butcher, joining us today. And part of the reason why I wanted to invite Russ and several other guests who aren't specifically in the Lehigh Valley is I wanted them to provide wisdom and guidance on how to deal with this reality that we're in, this pandemic of COVID-19. And then the other part of that is they have been so influential in inspiring me in my personal vision for the Lehigh Valley. And then the last reason is just because there's a lot of questions I have about life and leadership. And I've been seeking out counsel and I was like, you know, it would be good for people to hear some of these conversations. And so Russ and I go way back in 2000, I met him and I was introduced to him by a friend and he was actually a student pastor at a church called North Star Church in Kennesaw, Georgia. And I'll never forget my first meeting with him because my friend vouched for me and said, I think you should let this guy intern with you. Which, first of all, that is big in itself that someone would vouch for me. Uh, but then Russ actually took a chance on me, and we spent uh, three to four years uh, under. I, I, I worked under him and under his leadership, and worked together at North Star Church. And man, was such a, a such a gift to be able to do that. And so Russ is joining us today. And so Russ, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about Church at the Grove. Well, first of all, it's man, it's an honor to be on your podcast, Joseph, and and uh, and, and man, you know, you are the man up in Northeast uh, uh, United States, uh, especially with some of the influence and the opportunities you've had to lead uh, with the North American Mission Board and 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 some of the um, networks up there, and so um, proud of you um, as a as a leader, proud of you as a pastor man proud of you as a dad and a and a husband and so it's exciting to see what God's doing in you and through you um I would say uh you know tell you a little bit about myself is is uh you know I did not grow up in church I'm probably uh you know one of the one of those statistics that that continues to grow in our culture as far as people that, that grew up without being in church, uh, my mother professed Christ, but my father w- was very um, pretty, pretty hostile to church and religion. And he had, I think, been wounded when he was younger um, in some ways. And so um, I had two older brothers, uh, one who is uh, now in heaven with the Lord, and, and, and both of them came to Christ um, before me. And so uh, my brother Eddie, who's now um, in the presence of the Lord, he passed away in 1992. He kept bugging me to go to church with him, and so um, I got in trouble. I, I was sitting in a in, in a in a jail uh, right outside of Metro Atlanta, and uh, I had to call my mom to come get me. And uh, so I had I had been with a group of, of teenagers that were drinking, you know, and we weren't of age. And so we, you know, we didn't, we didn't get in real bad trouble, but you know, they called our parents. And so my mom and my brother came and picked me up. And so on the way home that night, I said, I told my brother, I said, I think I'm ready to go to church with you. Hmm. And so, so anyway, 
that later later that December, I, I gave my heart to the Lord as an 18 year old, and uh, and so, um, and then I went into the business world, and uh, spent you know, uh, really my 20s as, as a sales rep for a couple of companies, and and it was during that time I was a volunteer youth pastor, and I I felt God calling me to ministry, you know, uh, during that time. And so uh, I met my wife, Jill, at a youth camp, and we were doing youth ministry together. And so we've been married this summer. Uh, we'll be 25 years. Wow, and we've got Josiah. I know that's kind of crazy. Uh, I, had, I had this big anniversary trip planned, too. And, uh, and man, the pandemic has, has ruined that. So um, I was going to take her to Israel. And coming up here wow. at the end of this month, we're going to leave May 30, 31st. And so we've had to postpone that uh, to, to November. So hopefully, hopefully uh, we'll be able to make that trip in November. Um, anyway, so we've got Josiah, who is 22 years old and uh, very, doing really well right now in his, his walk with the Lord and his life. Um, he's still, still trying to figure out what his, I think, purpose and, you know, calling is, 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 is you know, vocation and, and work and all that. He's a hard worker. Um, and then we've got Abigail, who is um, 18. She'll be 19 here in just an, another week. And, uh, and she is extremely talented vocally and uh, leads worship and, and is, is moving, I think, into some recording and doing some things like that. And then I've got Caleb, who just turned 15. And so he is, um, you know, he's, he's, he's on TikTok. That's his. <laughs> I love TikTok, man. <laughs> you got a so, TikTok video yet, Russ? I want to see that. I'm working on it, man. I think, I think, you know, uh, I think I may, you know, there's a, there's, there's still a little bit of youth ministry left inside of me. Maybe, maybe that come out may come out during this pandemic. I don't know, but uh, oh. anyway, and, and so I'm, I pastor a church that's really, it's about halfway between um, Atlanta, downtown Atlanta, and Athens. And so um, the little town's called Loganville or Monroe. I was going to say too, just in case you don't know where what, where Athens is, just uh, to give context, it's where the University of Georgia is. Yes, the only real football team in college football. Yeah, dogs, sick them. Exactly. Uh, so we're we're halfway between downtown Atlanta and God's Country, Sanford <laughs> Stadium. I live thirty-seven point five miles from from uh Sanford Stadium. Not that I've ever measured it or anything. <laughs> and so uh which is fun. It's fun because we are uh we, we are we, we enjoy college football down here in the South, as you well know. Um anyway man, we planted Church of the Grove 13 and a half years ago and uh and and we're coming up on 14 years and uh still learning every day how to reach people and depend on God. Yeah, well, it's been incredible to watch because really, as we started looking at starting a church ourselves, you were, you were actually the first call I made to say, hey, man, what do you think about this? You know, and, and I remember um, even you've just journeyed so much with us. So many of you may not know this. You, you probably don't know this is that not only has Russ been a mentor of mine, but Russ actually officiated uh, my wedding, uh, the wedding to, to my beautiful bride, Amy and uh, has been so instrumental in that part. But Russ, in a lot of ways, was a trailblazer um, in the sense of 
being one of the first guys I knew up close who started a church, you know, and we had both worked under a, a church plant uh, at North Star, uh, but it was very yeah. different because of the way it was started and, and all those things. And, and from that church, Russ came out and there was another guy who went up to upstate New York. And so Russ has been just so instrumental in my understanding of what it looks like to start something uh, from scratch and, and to watch him be faithful over the years and it's led to so much fruitfulness. And so, Russ, congratulations on, you said 13 years, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, this fall will be 14, yeah. I mean, September. I mean, it's like crazy, man. You got a teenager, dude. I mean, that is, <laughs> that's awesome. And I, I wanted to ask you even a little bit, um, before we jump into some of this COVID talk, I, I never really asked you this, but your family story, um, and there's been a lot of heartache that you mentioned in, in the midst of, of that. So I wanted to ask you, first of all, how have you processed some of that, that heartache over the years? You know, the loss of your dad, loss of your brother, you know, what, Oh man. Um, that was, you know, as we talk about that, you know, um, I think that, and I, the second question is you process that. So how have you processed that? But then how has that propelled you to do what you do now? Like how does that influence the way you go about leading um, yeah. Yourself and others. Man, good questions, Joseph. Um, I would say, you know, my brother died unexpectedly in 1992. And so, I mean, I, you know, when I tell the story, I went, I went to bed on Monday night, you know, and he, he had gone to work on Monday, went out to eat with some friends. He came home, went to bed and he didn't wake up. And so he died pretty much of a massive asthma attack. You know, um, it was a pulmonary issue with him and it, it was related to some stuff, you know, with asthma as he was growing up, but it was just a, it was a freak kind of, you know, perfect storm of, of a convergence of several things. And that, that's, that's not necessarily, uh, you know, the details are not necessarily the, the issue here. Um, but it was a shocker for our family. Yeah. Now, you know, we tell people, you know, Charles Swindoll, I think he said that God's will is always seen more clearly as we look back through the rearview mirror. And so looking back, that was the key event that led to my father coming to Christ. Wow. And so now it took three years, you know, and, and he, he got worse before he got better with alcohol and, and some, you know, abusive type lifestyle stuff. But, um, I think that, uh, I mean, I think we, we, you know, my, my older brother, Butch, who lives here in this community, um, in our minds, I mean, we, we know that death is, I mean, that's just, you know, we're, it's appointed unto us. I mean, the writer of Hebrews, you know, wants to die and, um, then the judgment. And so in, in my mindset, is, is we're all going to die. You know, Jesus said, don't, don't fear, don't fear, you know, who can kill the body, um, fear him who can kill the body and the soul. And so, you know, I, I, I it stinks that my kids don't know my brother. It stinks that, that, that I can't experience his sense of humor, but man, I know where he is. I know I'm going to be reunited with him for eternity this is just a little blip. And so if it took his death to bring my father, you know, to eternal life, then, 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 you know, God is sovereign and, 
And I thank the Lord for that. So, um, and then my father passed away in 97. He, he was pretty hard on his body. You know, he drank a lot and, and smoked, just lived the rough lifestyle. So, you know, I think the, I think those things, they make us who we are. And, and, and they, I think that when I minister to people, um, and, and, and do funerals and minister, walk with people through, through death. I think I can, I can, I can share empathy, you know, as well as sympathy, mm-hmm. you know, and just, and be able to, to understand a little bit of their pain. Yeah. I think, I think as I've seen you up close and I, you know, we've talked about our own family stories together, you and I, and I think we've learned that when you process the pain, it provides purpose for you and for others. In other words, pain becomes used for our gain and the gain of others. It doesn't make light of the pain. It doesn't uh, change that we wish this person was here. It doesn't negate the loss, but rather it allows us to experience um, the comfort that Jesus wants to give us as we process that. And then we're in turn able to comfort other people as well and relate to people in different ways. And that's one of the things I've watched with you is I think there's an approachability to you, Russ. You're such an encourager, but also you're really approachable and you are a, Hey, let's go get it done because I think you understand what it looks like on the other side of that too, where, you know, a lot of the things you had uh, just from knowing you, you had to really work hard for, you know, like there, there was nothing, uh, per se, given to you, you know, obviously the, the grace of God has been so good in our lives and we recognize all comes from him, but that work ethic and that tenacity, I, I think also from some of those experiences as well, just as I've observed you and gotten to know you. And I think, you know, we always have to watch the shadow side of that, you know, not becoming sure. alcoholics, which you both, both you and I struggle with and, and being secure in what Jesus says about us and, and what he has for us. But I, I think it's been interesting to watch how um, you've been relatable to people, no matter what, whether they come through addictions or loss or, um, you know, they're not, they didn't grow up in church, you know, um, and yet also helping those who are in Christ, who are followers of Jesus, continue to grow and develop. And so I, I think it's, it's important even for us to acknowledge, no matter where you are on your own journey, as you're listening to this podcast, Maybe there's pain right now that you're personally walking through. I really want to encourage you to process that. I want you to, to know that God's not done with you, that there's a purpose that he has for your life, even in the midst of the pain. And to know that, especially in this season of COVID-19, I know we're so quick to want to get back to what it was. Let's get back yeah. to the normal. But I would caution us all, and I've said this before, but I would just caution us to slow down a bit and to take inventory actually what stuff needs to be left uh, yeah. back with, with COVID-19, you know, as things sure. come back to normal, what do we actually need to let go of and hold on to? You know, sure. there's, there's a lot of things there uh, that we don't want to take with us as we go forward. And there's, there's things that we do want to take with us. There's gifts that we yeah. want to bring. And so I think it's, it's really important for all of us to know that as you experience pain, it can really become a platform for you to um, remind people of a purpose in which God has for their lives. 
Um, sure. That's one of the things that makes you so relatable, Russ. I mean, I think there's a lot of things you're good at. You're a great speaker. You're a great leader. You're a great, uh, you know, um, you know, communicator, encourager, all these things. You know, you work really hard. But I, I think the thing that people are drawn to beyond those characteristics is that authenticity about you because you know what it's like on the other side of it. You know, you know what it's yeah. like um, when you've lost somebody or you made a mistake or you know, things haven't gone the way you had hoped. And so sure. I, I think that's been really key in your life, leadership and ministry as well. And as we think about loss, I really wanted to spend some time with you to talk about this pandemic that we're in um, called COVID, COVID-19, yeah. coronavirus. And so I wanted to ask you just a couple of questions about this, because I, th- I think it's important, again, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, as you're listening to this and this isn't limited to just those who are within the church. So I want to be really clear. So wherever you're leading, whether that's leading yourself, leading in your home, <laughs> leading a business, whether you're not a follower of Jesus or whether you are, I think there yeah. are things that you can glean from this. And so I wanted to ask you, Russ, first is what's God been showing you in light of COVID-19? Well, man, that's a great question, and 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 I I think I think Joseph that that you know probably I mean the if I've heard fear, anxiety, worry, I mean it's it's you know I almost get tired of hearing that, but it's but but it's the it's the it's really the reality is the 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 pandemic. I mean, this virus is obviously dangerously for our physical body. It's dangerous for our physical bodies. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's the unknowns. It's the, you know, I, I, there's still so much yet, I think for the medical community to discover about it, how it's transmitted, you know, I mean, we, you know, you hear all these different, uh, it's almost easy to get pulled into trying to listen and read and, and, and keep up with everything and you just can't do it. You can't do it. Plus it, it, it plays with your mind. And so from a, from a believer standpoint, from a, from a Christian standpoint, what we've been trying to emphasize with, with our church family is, is that we are in a battle, but the battle is not really about this, this virus. The battle is, is, is in the mind and it's over our souls. And so, you know, the, the apostle Paul says, we war not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities um, in, in the air. And so th- there's a spiritual battle that's much more important than the physical pandemic that we're dealing with. And because the enemy, you know, I believe that there really is a devil. There really is a, you know, there, there really is an enemy. He wants to paralyze us and diminish our ability to follow him, obey him, to obey God, to follow Jesus and to fulfill the mission he's called us to, to fulfill. And so, you know, uh, it's almost kind of, it's almost comical. Like you can imagine the enemy says, ha ha, watch, I've, I've shut down their churches. You know, I, I've paralyzed them with fear and anxiety. So what are they going to do now? And so, and, and so we've been teaching, um, you know, about how to win the battle in the mind. And so Paul says in Romans chapter 12, he says, he says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, which, you know, the, the world says, hey, you know, you need to fear, fear what can happen to you physically. Uh, you need to, you need to, you know, be paralyzed. You need to stay away from people. What, you know, all the, 
all, all the things that, that, that happen, you know, that we hear in the news and whatever. And, and, and so he says, do not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so, and then in second Corinthians 10, he says, Hey, you, you got to take captive your thoughts. And so you see where, where the, where this is with the mind, he says, take captive your thoughts and, and, and listen, we've got to be willing to take down the strongholds, these lofty opinions that, that, that go up against the truth of, of what scripture is. And so, so here's something I taught our church. I mean, just in in the last few weeks, we've, as we've been doing a series called renew, um, uh, is, is, is Paul says in Philippians four, six, I believe he says, he says, do not worry about anything, but in, in, in prayer and supplication, make your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so, and so this is, so this is what I taught. I said, you, we've got to train ourselves to recognize when our emotions and, and I think you could say heart biblically heart, when your emotions and your heart are beginning to overwhelm you and they're talking to you and we've got to train our minds to speak to our emotions and our heart, the truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. So does that make sense? Yeah, man. I think that. And totally, so, yeah. And so, so here's, so the enemy says, what if, mm-hmm. what, what if, man, what if I get this, what if I get this virus and what if I die? Well, well that's my heart you know, wanting to bring up anxiety and fear and paralyze me. So here's the truth of scripture. Jesus says, Hey, don't fear those that that can kill the body, fear him who can kill both body and soul. So the, and then man, my heart says, what if my finances fall apart? And then man, but, but, but I know the truth of scripture. Jesus says, Hey, look at the birds of the air. Do they neither toil? Do they? Do they? Do they? Do they you know, they're 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 taken care of on a daily basis, and so, so, so we we've we I've been teaching. Hey, exchange the words "what if" for "because God." So instead of "what if," you know, "what if I don't have a job? What if I can't pay my bills? What if I physically get sick?" Hey, because God is sovereign. I don't have to worry because he takes care of the sparrow. He takes care of me because God, um, you know, uh, uh, he's the one who protects my soul, even if the body is, is, is sick or killed. So I think that, man, I think in the midst of of this is, is just trying to help people, um, really refocus to truth rather than to the emotions and, and the, and the paralyzing fear and anxiety that is presented to us, you know, whether it's through the media or medical reports or news, whatever, whatever it is, if that makes sense. Now, here's the other part of this is, and, and you, I may be getting ahead here, but yeah. God's just, you know, God's, we decided as a church staff, this is an obstacle Yes, we, you know, starting with the first Sunday, we couldn't meet together, but we said, hey, let's look at this as an opportunity. Yeah, and I think, I think as we, we look at that, no matter what we're doing or where we are, 
I think two things stand out to me, what you said. First, I think knowing that there is an enemy and he would use this as an opportunity to uh, create anxiety and fear to the point where we're distracted, we become divided, even in ourselves, right? Divided from what we know to be true to what we're feeling and, and divided against even um, each other, right? Like we start seeing that play out yeah. in COVID-19 because the enemy, he feeds on that kind of stuff. He loves to distract and divide. He loves to try to disqualify us from what God has for us. Um, and, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want you to know he's trying to draw you near to himself through uh, the finished work of, of what he's done on your behalf, you know, and and um, if you are a follower of Jesus, I want you to know he wants to draw you closer. He wants you to take a step further and closer to him, not to hit the eject button, not to walk away, not to um, get distracted and discouraged to the point where you're not leaning in on him. And as Jesus would go through times of, of pain and difficulty himself, one of the things he would often do is speak to his soul and, you know, so have soul talk, right? There'd be like the soul talk, yeah. letting your soul or your heart speak to you. You speak to it. You say, hey, what's the truth here? And, yeah. and Jesus was cut and physically speaking, but also um, just through his life and ministry where he was opposed or challenged, he quoted scripture, you know, yeah. whenever he was, you know, suffering or in pain, he quoted scripture. Whenever he was tempted, he quoted scripture. And, and so if he did that, how much more do we need to do that? And so I think that's the first thing is just to center ourselves on what is true, but to know how the evil one wants to work. So yeah. he wants to drive us away from God in a time like this, but God wants to use this time. He can redeem this time to draw us closer to himself. Right. And so I think that's one of the things that I hear from you. And then the other thing is no matter where you are uh, in your leadership journey, there are obstacles. There's no doubt. I mean, there are obstacles all over the place right now. Um, but instead of seeing them just as obstacles, what are the opportunities that could be created? And I'll give you an example in real time for us right now. Um, and, and Russ mentioned some things for Church at the Grove. But even the way we're doing this podcast now, the, you know, for a while I was like, man, how do I do this? I need to connect with so many people. I, there's so much I need to learn about, you know, how do I lead through COVID and even my own leadership beyond COVID. Yeah. Um, and and all these things, you know, and I realized, um, it was, it was funny. I, I felt like the Lord was just telling me like, start inviting people to on the, the, the podcast. And, and then zoom was a, a way that you can do that. Um, yeah. That one of my, my good friends, Mike Lynch, one of our mutual good friends, Mike Lynch, uh, who is the, the senior pastor of North star said, Hey, this is how I record my podcast. But again, yeah. obstacle. But now there's opportunity. Russ doesn't have to be in the same room with me to do this. Sure. Uh, sure. But again, if you let the obstacles override you, then you can't see the opportunity. So as you look at the obstacles, ask yourself, what is the opportunity? Yeah. What is the opportunity? Because I know a lot of people are, are missing the normal parts, but that's an obstacle. But what's the opportunity that's happening? Well, we're getting more time in our, with our families. I'm telling you what, man, I have more time uh, with my neighbors than I, than I did. I mean, I, we just had uh, great conversations with our neighbors recently and we're getting to know them and I mean, some really sweet times are emerging uh, from this and even watching the community come together. But again, I love that Russ, instead of seeing this as an obstacle, let's see it as an opportunity. Right? Yeah. And so, I mean, we've all 
we've all heard it. I mean, you know, the, the church has now left the building and that that's, you know, that's, that's the reality. The church has left the building. And so we're, you know, we said when our church started and Joseph, you, I mean, you, you probably remember this and, and, and have probably, it's probably something you emphasize with um, River Bend, you know, when you, when you plant it is the church is not a building. The church is the people we are, the, we're the church. And so, um, the church should not be constrained to a, a building. And so, um, and, and so we, we believe that. And I think we've tried to live that out as a church. I mean, for, for a number of years before we had our very first facility. And then now, you know, the reality is we're, we're back, you know, now we're having to, to, to broadcast online. We're having, but, but, but here's the opportunity. The opportunity is, man, we've got the capability um, we had a couple of people that invested, you know, helped us financially invest in some equipment that we needed and to, to up our game a little bit. And um, we, we just got some talented young guys and, and girls that that have really uh, stepped up and helped us with uh, putting together um, worship experiences and, and, and messages and stuff. It's different. We're, we're, we're looking at it and planning and storyboarding instead of just planning a worship service, we're, we're, we're creating basically an experience, you know, a journey that people can take. And so it's got music and it's got some story and, you know, now we're, we're trying to, you know, um, if not every week, at least twice a month, we're, we're trying to share stories from people in our church. Like this Sunday, man, I'm telling you, it's going to be, it's going to, you know, I I know you've got your church service, but man, I'm telling you, if you could at some point next week watch what what we do Sunday with, with um and, and you even actually know the people uh, Rick and Barb Fall do you remember Rick and Barb yeah so Rick and Barb's daughter Ingrid and her husband are in our church hmm. and so they're pregnant with their fourth child and so they found out some disappointing news and I'm I won't I won't you know go into all of that detail but. But, but basically, they're choosing joy. They're choosing um, to, to be grateful for th- this gift, even though there are some physical challenges that the baby appears to, um, you know, to have. And so uh, the, the, the child is going to be born. It'll probably be within, within, within a day, within 24 hours, the child will have to have surgery. And um, and, and things, things look positive. They, they could, you know, they're not sure exactly what direction it'll go, but um, Ingrid and Tim are just choosing, you know what, we're, we're God's, God's in control. I mean, to hear their testimony, man, it's a tearjerker. And so um, being able to tell that story and share it with our church family and, um, and do that over, over the internet and, and using technology is a blessing um, we've, we've connected with people that live, you know, in other states. We've connected with people um, that live close by but have never been to our church. We've connected, we've reconnected with people who haven't been to church in a long time. Uh, but, but, you know, it, it almost felt like I think they feel a little bit easier about connecting online and easing back in. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't have to be embarrassed and walk in the back you know, since I hadn't been there in two years or, or whatever. So, um, God just, God's blessed us. And, and, um, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to invest into the community. 
and trying to make a difference in the community. Um, I'm going to deliver, uh, we're going to deliver, you know, these medical face shields. We're going to deliver 50 of those to Emory, uh, to the COVID floors at Emory tomorrow. Um, we're going to deliver another 50 and, 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 you know, we're going to deliver a total of 150 uh, to some nursing homes and, and to some fire department, EMT departments tomorrow. So uh, those things are real hard to come by right now. Um, a lot of these places don't have budgets for it. So there's a local company making them. And so we, um, we, God provided us with extra money to, to purchase, you know, um, 150 of those things at $10 a piece. So I picked those up today and it'll, and so we'll, we'll, we'll send those out with volunteers tomorrow to deliver those. And so those are, you know, we're just looking for opportunities where we can make a practical difference. Yeah. And as I think about that too, I, I think it's really important even for us to know that I've heard this quote and I believe it's from Abraham Lincoln. He says, uh, the future belongs to those who create it. Yeah. And I, I think that quote is very fitting for right now um, because yes, we're in a crisis. Yes, there's obstacles, but there's a, a future that we need to create in this moment and a future that we need to create after this moment is over. Yeah. Um, and I, I think being able to understand, Hey, we, we have things within our control to do you know, like using technology, uh, yeah. you know, uh, serving people, connecting with people. And, and I think um, even for us, you know, as, as we consider that, be able to ask like, hey, what do I need to do in this season to lead differently? And even after the fact, right? Like I'm watching um, my identical twin brother, John, thrive right now in this season. Uh, his, I mean, and I won't give you the specific numbers because it's his to share, but he said to me, man, I've had my busiest month ever as a wow. And that's with not a dining room open. Yeah. As I talked to him, you know, they have a double drive through. They were doing DoorDash, Grubhub. They had an app. They had all these things in place so that when this moment hit, it wasn't like, wow, what are, yes, they had to change some of their systems because they had yeah. to through only, but it wasn't like, hey, we're, we're totally behind the eight ball. And I think in the same way for you guys and us too, it's like, Hey, yeah, there are things we got to do differently, but we, it wasn't a big leap to go to like sure. or to go online and sure. so think about leading differently. Russ, I, I wanted to ask you, are there any other ways that you've had to lead differently during this season with COVID-19? Anything else that you had to add? I know you said a couple of already, so I didn't know if you had anything else. Well, I think, I, I think just probably, Probably being very intentional with encouraging our staff, especially trying to be sensitive to times when they've just been discouraged. I think it's easy. Um, our student ministry, I would say probably out of all the areas of our church, probably the most difficult to try to assess as far as how it's doing is, is just student ministry. Um, you know, children – you're working not with just children, you're working with parents. And so, we're, you know, we've got a great team putting together resources and, and the parents are taking those resources and using them at home and whatever. Well, we'll teen, you know, teens are not going to sit down and, and, and color a picture or, or, you know, put a little craft together, or, you know, watch a, watch a little video or something and, and sing and dance. Um, and so they're, they're driven socially. They are just, you know, 
they're they're so driven socially. So it's been very frustrating to watch our student guys try to figure out how to get connected, and and they they've been a little bit discouraged. And so trying to trying to encourage the staff, and 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 even at times when I feel a, a little bit discouraged, and and you know saying you know what man I gotta I gotta I, I gotta I gotta rally the troops, you know, and so Lord, give me, you know, give me a word, give me, give me some motivation here, and um, and and so I think um, uh, I think that's that's part of it. Uh, pre- preach, man, learning to preach to a camera and 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 to um, uh, you know, I, I'm a, you know, me, I'm I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a, a I, I mean, I. I part of me wanted to be a comedian, you know, I, I have, you know, I'm off the cuff, you know, I like to just laugh and cut up and joke and I can, I can go on a roll, you know, and, and, and play off a room and I'm not necessarily bragging and I'm not always really good at that, but you know, there, there's times that, 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 you know, I can do that really well. And that's, that's kind of just comes natural. Um, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, you just can't do that when you're, when you're preaching to a camera. So. Well, I think, I think too, that's really important for us to hear is like knowing and recognizing the pulse of our team and how are they doing checking in. I think being understanding that there's a a big tension that we're all managing. So there's the tension of uh, our vocation, the work we do, and then the vocation of our home life, which is down because of, yeah, going on and being, I think, really gracious in that and understanding uh, how to speak words of affirmation and thankfulness to them being flexible, I think, too, like I, yeah. I our team leveraging things like Zoom and being OK with it, not looking like it normally looks because it's not normal. <laughs> and, 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 but still saying, hey, we, we, we got things we're trying to really focus in on, but being very understanding with it and flexible i think is really important flexibility across the board yeah. anytime but specifically in this time and, and not being afraid to innovate i like how you said that too of like hey it's going to get discouraging because some things aren't going to work and some things are going to work and i think not to be afraid of that but to encourage each other in the midst of that sure. i love how you said that idea too of just how we all need to encourage ourselves before the lord um they provide strength and they get the wisdom and the words that we need. Cause there are times where we don't, yeah. I've been in like conversations. I don't know what to say. <laughs> and I have to pray and I'm like, all right, Lord, I know what I want to say, but I don't think this is what I should say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to know what you have to say. Uh, and I want to be in step with that. And I think that's, that's really, yeah. especially in the, the time in, that we're in currently and in the season. And so as, as we think about COVID-19, it's no secret that the state of Georgia is one of the, the first to start opening back up. And yeah. I wanted to ask you uh, less about your opinion of that <laughs> decision and more about how are you interpreting that? What is that looking like as far as your preparation for moving from online to in-person gatherings? What are steps that you guys are, are looking to take uh, in light of that? And how does that play out for you guys? Well, I'll say that that is the topic of of the day. I mean that that's the topic of conversation with everybody. Um, that I was in a in a meeting online meeting last Thursday that was all about that, and it was different sized churches, 
talking through it. And here's what I think, Joseph. Number one, we, we've not picked a date. Okay. We've chosen to, to, to really take a little bit more patient approach. Um, and, uh, and, and maybe not be the first to go back to physical gatherings. Um, I think that probably smaller churches and we're not necessarily a huge church, but, 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 um, uh, smaller churches that don't have a lot of children are going to probably have a little bit easier, um, you know, opportunity to go back to physical gatherings. Uh, those of us that have lots of children, it's just going to be tough. Um, I mean, do, do you close off the children's area and, and, and I mean, chill, you know, four year olds and five year olds do not understand what social distancing means. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so I have a four year old. I know that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there, you, you don't, you don't. And so uh, the, you know, so, so we're, we're pray we're prayerfully trying to think through, um, uh, dates and steps. And so let's say hypothetically, one of the things we've talked about is, is, Hey, if we start it, it since the States opened up and, and time will tell whether or not that was, you know, a good decision. I mean, I, I do know that, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to be in the governor's shoes or the president's shoes. No, I wouldn't. You know, when, if your economy is falling apart and lives are falling apart because the economy's falling apart, on the other hand, if you don't, you know, if you if you open it up, you're risking, you know, the physical spread. So it's like, man, where's the happy medium? So I understand the struggle there. Um, when I say that, I, I don't I don't understand it from their standpoint. I just know that there is a I mean, there there's a balance there. And so um, I think for the for for the church, um, what we're talking about possibly is 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 maybe phase one is we ask people to gather in their homes and have watch parties where they watch the service with maybe you know a few other couples you know in that are in the neighborhood or that they are doing community group with and 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 hey y'all y'all be safe you know be you practice social distancing it might be people that already are or, or hanging out, hanging out with a little bit. Um, you could do it under the porch of a, you know, back porch and have it on a big screen and, and have some open space where people write on, you know, they're not, they've got a little social distancing space. Um, that's, that's an option, which is, which fits within. I, I love that because it's, it's more missional. It's out in the community. You know, you can, you could pull neighbors into that pretty easily. Hey, come over here. We're, we're, we're watching our church service. You know, I mean, Jill and I have invited our, our next door neighbors to watch church at the Grove and they have watched part of it. But when I say part of it, it they're probably not believers. I mean, they're brand new neighbors. And so, um, so I think then the, the next phase might be moving back and, and doing some multiple services um, and figuring out how to, how to do it in a way where, you know, families can sit together and then have social distancing. Um, we're probably not looking at children's ministry, you know, like we used to do it, um, uh, you know, full bore, um, which I hate that. And so uh, there's another guy down here. You probably know Jason Britt. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, listen, Jay, I've been, a few, been in a few conversations with Jason, you know, and they're, they, they have a lot of kids. So they're, 
they may take longer. They may take a longer time to, to come back to the campus because they, they're like, man, we got so many kids. Why are we going to, why are we going to open it up for adults and not for families with young kids? I mean, th- th- I mean, he's like, man, does that, that just doesn't feel right. So, I mean, there's you, a lot of questions. Well, and I think the, th- the principles that I take away from that is be prayerful, be patient, yeah. have a process. So don't, don't rush back to go from yeah. zero to 60. Phase, phase in, you have to factor into, like, you know, the reason I was wanting you on beyond, you know, your wisdom and your friendship is I, I wanted to hear how you're wrestling with some of this because I, I do think a lot of us are trying to figure that out. And I, I do yeah. think for some time, I don't know how long, and, and I think that's the, the challenge. I think there's a lot of people who have strong opinions, but the problem is the information isn't enough to, yeah, <laughs> it's like you're, 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 trying to figure out it's like you're reading yeah. tea leaves right you don't know fully what what's going on you know well here's and here to me like you and i are having a to me you and i are having a, a, a friend to friend conversation here face to face now i i wish i could reach over and grab you and hug you right i can't do that through the screen right. but let's hypothetically say hey man we're, we're gonna we're gonna meet at the church building on sunday you know and, and the band's going to play and there's going to be a sermon, but you've got to wear a mask and I've got to wear a mask and you've got to sit, you've got to go in ahead of me or behind me and you've got to sit six feet apart of, away from me. I can't hug you. I can't high five you. I can't touch you. And so, and so we sing through the mask. My singing's bad enough with, without a mask. So I'm trying to sing through a mask and, and enjoy worship. And then I get a message and I can't turn and, and high five you, hug you, say at a boy. I've got to walk out in front of you or behind you, and we've got to get in our car and drive off. Now, what kind of quality of community is that? Do you see what I'm asking? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, those are so my our, my whole thing is 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 you know that that might motivate me to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, well, you know? I I don't know why we would rush. I think I understand like we got to be proactive, but I think rushing never does anybody good. Work. Yeah. So part of it's just the quality, like is, is the quality of the fellowship, you know, um, is, you know, so that's just, if we're not able to really be with people and, 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 and engage with people. And so, um, I mean, that's just, that's the scenario. I mean, well, I just basically what I shared with you, I, I, I shared a, a plan that I heard a pastor share, you know, here, here's how we're going to do it. I'm like, well, that's, that doesn't, it's not very appealing to me. (laughs) So, um, well, I wanted to ask you, I mean, did you have any other thoughts as far as steps you would recommend we take in preparation for opening back up or gathering together publicly? Is there anything else you would add to that? Well, here's what we're doing. We're, we're wanting to get all of, like we're, we're committed to doing, we're committed to staying online. So, so we've invested in some equipment and, and we're, we're you know, so man, when, when everything, I mean, even when they have a vaccine and, and everybody can come in and hug and whatever, we're going to broadcast our services and we're going to make that commitment. So we're trying to do the behind the scenes to get all the tech stuff ready and, and, and to be able to set up our room and it'll, it'll probably look a little different because we'll have cameras, you know, put in strategic places 
And so we'll, that'll be the new norm is there'll be, you know, camera setups and, 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 and that'll, that's something we're working on right now. Um, and we'll try to, we'll try to figure out how to do the seating. So we're doing some of that stuff where we're setting up behind the scenes, kind of getting ready, um, prayerfully planning, staying in touch with what's happening. Um, and, and really trying to, you know, we, we, we've done a lot of pre-production with our services and it's gone really well, but we need to get better. We need to learn how to do the live production and, and do it well. So we, we've still got some, some equipment to put in. Is that kind of what you meant? Yeah, I was just curious, like, yeah. you, know, as, uh, you know, beyond, you know, you know, just the service elements, you know, I think that's part of it. But if there are any other steps of preparation that we could take, but I think you hit on them already when you talked about prayer Phasing. Yeah, and, and just, you know, just our, uh, trying to keep our groups meeting with Zoom and, and, and using this time to, to even raise some leaders, raise up some leader, you know, having conversations and developing some leaders. We've had, even with the hosting on Church Online, that we use the, the Church Online uh, format, you know, for how we broadcast the services and and the hosts are on there and they'll pray with people and, and, and we've got new people willing to step up, you know, that's been a blessing. So, I mean, it, here's the thing there, there's intro, introverted people now feel like they can engage where they, they, they'll do things through, you know, they'll do things online that they would never do in a physical room as far as approaching people and, and talking with people and praying with people. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. There's another way to innovate. Yeah. This is like, hey, these are obstacles, but they're opportunities. Yeah, there, there's a whole segment of people, man, that, that, that it, it terrifies them to think about being first impressions, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They, they want to slip in, but they want to serve. They want to do something. And so, man, they, many of the, we've had a bunch of those people say, hey, I can, I can pray with somebody, you know, just typing on the computer. I don't have to look at them. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to be, I don't, I just don't have that fear and anxiety of being in, you know, physically with somebody. I love that, man. That's, that's really good. Well, I wanted to ask you, and this kind of goes to what you were just talking about. I know that you had been spending a lot of time diving deep into discipleship um, over the last several years. And we, you know, throughout your, your life in ministry, you've been about discipleship. And so I wanted to ask you, could you tell us a little bit about that, um, how you would define discipleship and, and what, what's the process of disciple making that leads to more disciple making? Um, and again, if you need me to go back and, and ask those questions again, I know I gave them back to back like that, but can you, can you speak to that for us? For us? Yeah, I think, uh, I think that, you know, the, 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 there's two, there's two couple of verses that I think uh, Matthew, I think it's Matthew four nineteen where Jesus he says follow follow me and I will make you fishers of men and so there, there's three things that take place right there number one is following Jesus what does it mean to follow Jesus what does it mean to to, to follow him in 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 how he teaches how he lives how he models what it means to to obey the Father how how he models ministering to people how he models you know, um, interacting and even making other disciples. 
And, and, but, but he gives in that, in that same verse, he says, follow me and then I will make you. And so the second piece is he promises to form us, to disciple us, to, to, um, you know, to, to, uh, mold us and transform us into what he wants us to be as his disciples. And ultimately the third part is we become fishers of men. And so, um, uh, that, that, that comes out of um, Jim. I can't, I'm trying to think of Putman. Putman's. Yeah. So so that so so that the, the other picture is is if I if I drew a triangle, you know, if I drew a triangle, and 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 these three we talk about this all the time at Church of the Grove. There's these three elements of discipleship, and and all of us are accountable to each one of these elements. The top of the triangle represents up. Um, you know, the bottom right of the triangle represents in. And then the, the bottom left triangle represents, the point of the triangle represents out. And so it comes out of Luke chapter 6, uh, verses 12, um, you know, uh, 6, 12 through 16. And basically... Verse 12, it says, Jesus went up on the mountain to spend time with his heavenly father. So, so all disciples need to, everything should flow out of their relationship with the heavenly father, flow out of time with him, spending time, um, pulling away, you know, being still before God. I mean, that's the, we, we talked about that during this time, this, this COVID, you know, COVID crisis has really almost provided us a little bit more of a pace where we can do that and do it a little more effectively. And so, um, but he came down the mountain and he started choosing his disciples. And so he chose, he chose 12 men and that became his end. That became his fellowship. That became his group that he was going to pour his life into. So he taught them, he modeled what he, what he taught. And then he, then he, you know, um, and then he taught them some more, and, and then he would take them and he would go out and they would go to the masses. And so they would go out. And, and so while they're watching, he's, he's healing people. He's casting out demons. He's teaching the truth of scripture. Um, I mean, he's doing ministry. And so, and then, you know, slowly, you know, he's, he's telling, Hey, you, you, you do this. You, you start teaching, you start, you start doing this ministry. There's some places where they, you know, they get, they, they get their tails whipped a little bit, you know, and, and, and they're, they don't know how to handle, you know, demonic activity or they don't know how to handle what's happening in situations. And so Jesus takes them and he debriefs them and, and, and he, he just prepares them. And so um, knowing that, Hey, when he dies and he's resurrected um, and he ascends Man, that these are the guys that that he's going to turn the reins to to help birth the church. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's so good. So that's, so, that was Luke six, right? Is that what you said? Luke chapter six, twelve through sixteen, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And so, so that that triangle is so simple, up in and out. And so, I I think most of us, man, we could rate ourselves zero to ten. Um, how are you on your up? I mean, all of us, I think are, are kind of gifted or, 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 you know, we're, we have certain strengths. 
So, um, you know, some people are real naturally up. Some people are naturally in. They love fellowship. Some people are naturally out. So which one do you think I am, Joseph? <laughs> I think yours is – I've had to guess. I think you're, you're, a, you're an out uh, guy. Yeah, probably. You know, and that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't value the other two because even yeah. our conversations. But I think even that's why we have to look at our own lives and the team that we're surrounded with because I think everybody left to themselves is going to go towards one of those three. And you yeah. need all three to be a healthy disciple. Sure. So I, was, I was curious. How, so how does that process uh, of what you've laid out, what does that look like in your local church to see disciples who then, uh, that are made who then go on to make more disciples who go on to make more disciples? Right. Well, the idea is that we, you know, we, we use the term missional community a lot and, and, um, and, and our, our groups, you know, some churches call them small groups or community groups or, and, and, and we, we've used some of that language, but we really want to, we want to, we want our, 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 our groups to be missional communities, which are, which are people that are on mission in, in a particular area. So it might, it might be related to a neighborhood or it might be related to a certain activity. So it could be, Hey, we're, we're all, we're all parents of, kids playing baseball. So we're going to, we're going to see our missional community, you know, active out on the ball field, you know, while the kids are practicing and playing ball, man, we're, we're going to, we're going to engage these parents and we're going to, we're going to try to, you know, share Christ, invite them to church and, 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 and we're going to do life together. We're going to do, you know, Bible study together. And, uh, you know, you've got parents of homeschool groups. And, and so it could be around, you can have people gather around a specific type of, um, you know, either geographic area or an affinity or likeness or, or whatever hobby. And, um, and so those groups are, 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 I mean, they're, they're meant to be up in and out, you know, as much as possible. And so most, most believers, I think do better on the up and the end and, and, and it, it takes a little push to get them out and, uh, and so that's just what I have found. Um, uh, you know, there aren't that many of us that are actually just really had the gift of evangelism. Um, and so, but we're all responsible for it. You know, we're all responsible for it. And so we try to just, um, we try to integrate this, this constant conversation. How are we doing? Let's, let's just stop and rate ourselves this semester. How did we do on the up? How do we do on the end? How do we do on the out? And maybe, maybe each semester we need to make sure we do one or two activities as a, as a missional community where we engage people in our neighborhood. So my neighborhood group, um, you know, we, we've been going for a number of years. So we, we, we've got two or three things we do every year. One of those is a uh, Memorial Day cookout. And so we, we do a cookout. We serve ice cream. And it's, it's just a chance. I mean, we invite the whole neighborhood. We do it down to the playground. Um, you know, when nobody stands up on a stump and preaches a sermon, but we're just rubbing shoulders, you know, but we know we're doing it for, for, for gospel connections. Um, we do a 4th of July parade where all the children decorate their bicycles and, and four-wheelers and whatever. And, and, man, the older adults love it. And then we, you know, we got red, white, and blue, and we have ice cream. 
on that day. Um, there, there's one or two other. I think we do something around Labor Day, uh, and and um, and then we do a police uh, police uh, appreciation where we serve we serve uh, in, in, invite sheriff deputies to come and we we serve them a meal and say thank you for for you know for for serving us and and so our neighborhood. What's interesting is is our group started doing all that, and now our neighborhood homeowners association they fund it, and so it, we used to pay for it. Now they're putting it in the budget every year, and they're funding our ministry activity. That's really so, awesome. That, well, yeah, that's really that's really awesome, and and I love I love that they up uh, the in the out, and even the the process of. Hey, how are we doing this with affinity or something specific that we're going through? So when you come together as a group, are you guys study, studying a passage of scripture? Uh, or is that how, tell me how that process works. Well, I, there's probably two different, um, any, at any point in our church, some of, the, some of these, some of these groups or communities are, are uh, using sermon discussion questions. Mm-hmm. And, and they like that. And, and I probably, to be honest with you, I, I would probably push more people to that. Um, but we, we don't, we, we allow people if they want to study something different. So like my group, I'm not, I'm not the leader. So it's another couple that lead it. And so they wanted to, they just wanted to read through the book of John this semester. And, and, and we, we, you know, that's fine with me, man. We, it's, there's not a lot of, formality to it it's a lot of discussion it's um you know we sometimes we'll read the whole chapter sometimes we'll get we'll stop and you know get get kind of uh focused on one or two verses and um and so like tonight we're doing we're doing chapter 21 you know of john so uh uh so we're about to finish that and and move on to something else and we've got there's a guy in my group i mean his, his name is james and if whoever's listening to this, please pray for James. Um, he's he's not hostile to God, but he 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 hasn't he hasn't surrendered his life to Jesus yet. So uh, he loves coming to the group. He loves me. He loves our fa- these families. Um, he he doesn't come to church, but maybe a couple times a year. Um, but he just really has a hard time with the idea that God would forgive him. Well, man, that I think you know as you you look at that, I think what an opportunity. And yeah, we will be praying for James for sure, Russ. That's that's exciting. I, so when you guys are going through the material, I know before you've told me that you asked the question, and maybe this was the men's part of this. You would say, so well, tell me, tell me those questions. Just <laughs> all right. So yes, good, very good. I'm glad you reminded me of that. So so two questions. Two questions we ask a lot in, in our in our time together. So so let's say, you know, we're all supposed to read John twenty one, uh, you know, for for tonight. Um, two questions: What is God saying to you? So what what's 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 something that really stood out that the Holy Spirit just man as you read through that chapter, man, that one verse or that one word or that one action of Jesus or whatever one of the disciples. Um, what's God saying to you? And then what are you going to do about it? That's good. So, and our staff, that's part of our staff culture. We read books together and that's how we process. What, 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 what'd you learn? 
what what did God speak to you about in that chapter, and what are you going to do about it? It's really good, man. I, I was going to ask, so what's the multiplication process look like? Well, I mean, it's it's probably not much different for me. I mean, the, the goal would be like I I've got a group of guys that I'm that that I meet with, and and um the COVID. COVID's affected us a little bit. We're trying to get back on track. Half the group are, are you know, like they don't even really want to try to do Zoom. They're, they're, they're afraid of it. They don't like it. Um, they don't, some don't even have computers probably. Um, so we, we may, we actually may meet this Saturday and just, you know, and meet like at a picnic area and, and have some biscuits. And we're, we're thinking about trying that, but, um, I just told them, I said, we're going, we're going to do this for about a year, year and a half. And I said, then I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm basically going to kill the, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to release you out. You, you need to go, you need to go grab another four or five guys and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, how do they respond to that? I mean, I, they say yes, but, but then they're, they're like a, you know, little, they're like a little kid, you know, uh, grabbing hold of a mom's pants leg you know, in the grocery store, you know, don't let go of me. Don't leave me. I can, you know, I can't, I can't live without you. <laughs> um, I mean, I think we're just creatures of comfort. Well, I think too, when you read through the book of Acts, you see that play out too, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of people talk about Acts too, which we should rightfully so. Yeah. It's been said it took them eight years to actually leave Jerusalem. Yeah. Ended by Jesus, the resurrected yeah. Jesus, the ascended Jesus. He's going up. <laughs> go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and yeah. all the ends of the earth. But it takes you know persecution for them to actually leave. Yeah. I think we all. Well, I think, I think Joseph. I think. I mean, this it's a little bit off track from what I'm talking about with these groups, but I think this COVID crisis potentially could be. Uh, an axe type movement of the modern day yeah. where technology and, um, and, and some of the things that, that will come out of, uh, of this, of this whole scenario will possibly take the gospel and, and, and advance it at, at a, at a faster rate. And so I, I've talked with some other pastors about that. I mean, you know, the, the disciples hung around Jerusalem and they were real comfortable. And so it took persecution to, to disperse them and to get them scattered, get them out of Jerusalem. And so uh, this COVID crisis, man, I mean, the, um, you know, especially initially the, the numbers of people that were checking out church online and, and, and asking where's God. I mean, just think, think about the, opportunities to engage people in conversations. Well, no, I, I think it's uh, like spot on with that too. I, I think there's a real opportunity to, again, it's an obstacle, but there's an opportunity. And I think if we'll allow ourselves to be available to what God's going to do. And and this goes from not just the church standpoint, any, any um, location you're in, even uh, the opportunity to disciple your children, you know, yeah. and the neighbors. So I wanted to ask you, Russ, like, what would you recommend on that realm of discipling children? Like, what, what are some tips that you'd have for parents? 
during this time and even outside of COVID times as well? Man, that's great. That's a great question and a great, a great observation in the sense that like I, my kids are 22, um, 18 and 15 and we're, we're having dinner, you know, together almost every night. And so my 22 year old had, he, he's moved out and he's moved back. My 18 year old was at college. And then when they, you know, when COVID hit, um, uh, they, sent everybody home and so she's finishing her semester online and so and then my son was already homeschooled so we we eat dinner almost every night together which is kind of a a blessing and and it's you know it wasn't I mean so that's been a that's been a huge huge blessing Jill and I have talked about you know let's treasure this we, we may never get this again um and so um so we're, you know, our, our conversations are way different now than they were when they were little. When they were little, we, 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 we gathered in the den and, and, you know, they, we read, you know, there were two different, uh, there were two different children's Bibles that we, you know, just wore out. I mean, we, my favorite was the Jesus storybook Bible. And, um, but we started with one before that and it, you know, we had, had, we duct taped it and, and, and so, and and this is what I this is what I tell people, Joseph. Th- these adults, we have adults all the time that say, "Hey, I can't disciple my kid. I don't know the Bible very well." Well, well, why don't you just take a children's Bible and read them the stories and grow together? And so, a children's Bible is one of the best discipleship tools that a new believer adult can have in their life and, and they read the stories to their kids. Yeah. And I'll add, if you're, even if you're not a new believer, but you've been in the church for years, but you just never were taught how to read the Bible. Sure. Don't feel like you have a comfort level to do it. What Russ just said, and even, even for those who are spiritually seeking right now, if you're wherever you're on your journey, man, I, it may seem childish, but it's not childish because really Jesus says the kind of faith he's looking for is childlike faith. Sure. And, and we explore that way. He's honored in that. He's honored in that. And he meets us in that. And I would, I would just, man, I want to affirm what Russ just said. Don't let what you don't know hinder the opportunity to yeah. grow while growing with your children or even on your own journey. And the Jesus Storybook Bible is, man, that is such a great tool. And they have a lot of stuff even online, too, where you can, I think, watch some of the stuff. Uh, they've done a lot of great videos. Yeah. There's so much. And, and I, listen, I, I love the Bible, but, but there, there are some parts of the Bible, Joseph, that are, that are hard to read through and, and, and hard to understand, even for a, someone who's followed Jesus for a long time. Um, and so the beauty of the children's Bible is you really it focuses on the high points and really the, the major, you know, the major parts of the story that, that, that I would say are, are, are most key. And, um, and, and it, so it gives that, an, it gives an adult the opportunity to learn with their children. And, um, and so, uh, so even, so when our kids were little, man, we'd sit, sit on the couch and our kids, you know, or they'd be wrestling, you know, poking each other in the eye, you know, uh, you know, just, I mean, you know, you think that they're not listening and you're thinking, oh man, this is a waste of time, but there's a lot more caught than taught. And, and it's just doing it, doing it becomes a predictable pattern. 
And then as, as they're adults now, we're sitting around the table eating dinner and, and we're not necessarily reading the, the, the you know, Jesus storybook Bible, but we're just talking about events in the world. And we're looking at them through the a biblical Christian worldview and having good adult discussion. That's good, man. That's good. Well, Russ, it has been so fun to do this with you. And thanks for taking the time. Man, I, I just love your heart. I love the way God's using you in that community. I was using you in your home. I was using you in my life and continues to. And it's just been such a gift to have you on the Vision for the Valley podcast. So thank you so much for being on. And I wanted to ask before we uh, wrap up here, how can people connect with you and learn more about Church at the Grove? Well, they can go to, um, they can go to, they can go to my, our website, which is churchatthegrove.com. You know, um, and there, you know, obviously information about our church, our services are on there. Um, they can go to Russ Butcher on Instagram, Russ Butcher on Twitter, um, and then Facebook, search me at Russ Butcher. And, and I, you know, we, I do, I use those things for um, just to connect with people in ministry. I've been doing some uh, discipleship devotions on Facebook Live, you know, during this time, and that's been fun and, and a way to connect with people. Um, and man, and, and, and I would say, man, they need to connect with you, right? They need to connect with their pastor and, and, and realize, um, that the treasure they have in you, man, and the influence that you have up there in the Valley is incredible. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them the truth, man. I've tried to hire you and get you back to Atlanta several times. <laughs> so if I could have gotten you back to Atlanta, I would have done it. And so, uh, but so, so they're, they're, they're blessed to have you there and, 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 uh, Amy and, and little Ray. And, and so excited about what God's doing there. And it's going to listen, wh- here's what we say down here. And I, I believe it's the same for you. The best is yet to come. Yes, that's right. That's right. Mm. The best is yet to come, not only for Russ and I, but also for you who are listening. Thanks for tuning in. And Russ, again, thanks for being on the vision for the Valley podcast. Love you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for the Vision for the Valley podcast. We'd love to connect with you and to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Vision for the Valley podcast, or you can email us at Vision for the Valley podcast at gmail.com. 